From the WIA News Hub in Brisbane and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Thanks for tuning our way as you're going yours. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4 Double B. This is the WIA National News Service for week commencing October 3. And the WIA centenary rolls on. The Super Springtime racks up the contacts. What a wonderful celebration of the centenary of organised amateur radio has been, the VK6 Super Springtime over 12 days, a collaborative event of seven groups in the West. It put on air and public display of amateur radio through the special call sign VK100WIA at two very high-profile locations. The Wireless Hill Telecommunications Museum at Apple Cross has plenty of visitors. They were shown amateur radio enthusiastically in action. The Perth Royal Show from Saturday the 26th through to yesterday, Saturday the 2nd of Rocktober. The visitors to both locations had the opportunity to see and learn about amateur radio. There are plans for amateur radio to return to Wireless Hill Centenary in 2012 and also be a regular at the annual Perth Show. During the show on Wednesday, VK100WIA racked up its 20,000th contact. And while talking about contacts, the total made by the Super Springtime is expected to have exceeded 2,000. Well done to Weiss and the Scout Tech Group, West Australia Repeater Group and West Australia VHF Group and all the others involved. We're certain to hear more about this in the future and certainly look forward to the story in words and photographs in Amateur Radio Magazine. Amateur Radio Expo comes to Sydney. The St George Amateur Radio Society will be celebrating 100 years of amateur radio in Australia with an amateur radio expo at Sutherland, south of Sydney. The special event call sign station VK100WIA will be operating for the three-day event on most HF bands, VHF and UHF. The expo will be open to the public 10am to 10pm daily with displays of various aspects of amateur radio. On Wednesday evening there will be a sausage sizzle, followed by a special club meeting. The expo runs from Tuesday the 5th to Thursday the 7th of October at 38 Currajong Street, Sutherland, a short walk from the railway station. Tell your friends and come along to this exciting once-in-a-lifetime event. For more information, go to www.sgars.org forward slash expo or email expo at sgars.org. This bulletin has been brought to you from the news desk at St George Amateur Radio Society. And Paul, VK2GX, was interviewed by the St George and Sutherland Shire Leader newspaper about the centenary celebrations of amateur radio in Australia and the St George Amateur Radio Society. Paul, the president of the St George Amateur Radio Society, said, Amateur radio is primarily a hobby that encompasses all of the different aspects of radio communication, everything from old radio equipment through to satellite communication. You can read the full interview and see the photo shoot. A link's been provided. Best read when you find wia.org.au and this week's national news service or of course go to the st george and sutherland amateur radio club that st george amateur radio club you'll find their link when you read the club pages at wia.org.au have you marked your calendar Meriburra electronics and radio group merge are throwing open the doors of the scout hall corner of ariadne and ward streets Meriburra next saturday and sunday to celebrate and demonstrate 100 years of organised amateur radio in Australia. 
The commemorative radio station, VK100 WIA, will be operated by Merge over the 8th, 9th and 10th of October. We'd love to eyeball you for a rag chew. For Merge, I'm Jeff, VK4ZPP. Tune into the world. Amateur radio gets people talking. Yes, it's the big one. It's the WIA National Field Day this month, and it happens the 23rd. With less than three weeks to go, this day of promotion for amateur radio has 11 clubs all set to engage with members of their communities. Now, 11 clubs throughout Australia, it's not a hell of a lot, but I tell you, these 11 clubs certainly have and will have Australia talking and people talking. Clubs, groups, individual radio amateurs will be getting on air on the day to give their support to the unified effort of attracting new members and new radio amateurs, and that's got to be a good thing. The 11 clubs who have so far registered will be running a public station in the event, and this category is also open to a group of three or more radio amateurs operating on a single call sign from a public place. The other category is called a private station, with an individual operating portable, mobile, or from a private residence. One of those has been registered so far. Highly important is that public stations actually engage members of the public rather than just having them look on and walk away. Why? Well, remember, this is not a contest, but a marketing exercise to promote amateur radio. Check out wia.org.au for some promotional and display material that is available to clubs registered for the event. And we recommend that orders for the range Tune Into the World, Amateur Radio Gets People Talking brand clothing be submitted online immediately. Will your or your radio club be involved? Check out wia.org.au for more information including the rules of the WIA National Field Day all happening Saturday the 23rd of October Eastern and Mountain District Radio Club Lower Murray Amateur Radio Club Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society Scout Radio and Electronic Service Unit Peel Amateur Radio Group Wyson South Australia Amateur Radio Victoria Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club Wyala Radio Club the Redcliffe and Districts Radio Club and Midland Amateur Radio Club. Now, as I said, there are 11 so far, and seeing this is vk 4 B, it is a shame to see just one club in Brisbane, in Queensland, getting behind it. That's the Redcliffe and District Radio Club. So how about it? Must be other clubs right around Australia. So go to it now. Jump online, www.wia.org.au and register for the big one, the WIA National Field Day. Not a sound to be heard. We pause and remember another silent key. VK6FIVE in Perth with some sad news. Around 6am this past Tuesday morning in St John of God's Hospital, Subiaco, after a number of years valiantly fighting cancer, WIA life member Neil Penfold, VK6NE, passed beyond the veil. Remember to tune in next week when the Northern Corridors Radio Group plans to present a radio eulogy for one of Western Australia's amateur radio giants. Yes, that certainly will be a listening must, as the man truly was a giant. Neil had been a long-time member of the amateur radio fraternity and had served in many capacities at both a state and federal national level. He was federal contest manager from 65 through to 70, a WA divisional secretary from 65 to 78, federal councillor from 1968 right through to 1993 the federal and now national QSL Bureau Manager from 1980 until now, along with VK9 and Zero. And Neil served as federal president from 1994 to 1998. 
Neil was granted honorary life membership of the WIA in 2001 and this year was honoured with the naming of the Neil Penfold State Amateur Radio Centre at Whiteman Park, home of the Northern Corridor Radio Group. Amateur Radio truly has lost a true gentleman, a loyal and dedicated member of the WIA and a friend and mentor to many. The WIA and listeners right around the world extend condolences to Neil's family and friends and we remind you to be listening next week when we hear from the Northern Corridors Radio Group. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Victoria, it can be heard on the VK3 RMM Mount Macedon repeater at 147.250, 10.30am Sunday mornings. I'm Brad, VK3 Triple FM. This is the WIA National News Service as we take a quick look around Australia for week commencing October 3. I'm Graham, VK4 Baker Baker. In VK2, Matthew, VK2 YAP, Vice President of Amateur Radio News. New South Wales tells us that at September's council meeting they regretfully accepted the resignation of Beth Langley, VK2AO, due to work commitments taking her interstate. In accordance with the Articles of Association, ARNSW have filled the vacated council position with the next eligible person from the election held for the last AGM. So please welcome along Bob Yorston, VK2CAN, welcome him to council. VK3, Feb 13, is Centre Victoria Radio Fest number 4 at Kyneton Racecourse. And let's welcome some new licensees. There's James and Rajane, presently in the Coffs Harbour area. There's Lyle and Josh. Lyle is VK2 FCVI and Josh is VK2 FJDH. They've been issued their call signs. Would you like your name called out as a new ham? Well, if you're listening in Central West VK2, next weekend around 9th of October, there are going to be some exam assessments conducted at Dunedoo. That's next weekend. The Arana Region Amateur Radio Club, in conjunction with ARNSW, are providing the exams. Dunedoo, about an hour's drive northeast from Dubbo, or an hour north of Mudgee, or a couple of hours south of Gunnedah. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. International news with thanks to RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. New Zealand's government has announced that the switchover to digital television will be completed by 2013. The switchover will follow a phased four-step process beginning with Hawke's Bay and the West Coast, followed by the remainder of the South Island, the Lower North Island and finally the remainder of the North Island. The ZL government is also in discussion with the television broadcasting industry and transmission providers regarding an extension to the digital terrestrial television coverage area to support the switchover process. The switchover to digital TV will free up the radio spectrum in the 700MHz band for new uses, most likely to be new mobile broadband services. MED is working on the planning and allocation issues for this band and expects to release a consultation document by mid-2011. Where have South African technologists gone? That's a question being put by Hans Kotze, ZS6BZP, a technologist and a member of the Board of Trustees of SAARDT. Hans was one of the principal architects of the amateur radio payload on some Bandelasat. Hans finds it difficult to believe that only overseas entries have been received in South Africa for their innovation in radio competition. Innovation in Amateur Radio is an 18-month South African project aimed at promoting innovation in amateur radio. While amateur radio is one of the oldest and still most rewarding of all of the scientific hobbies, there comes a time when one has to look at innovation, new ideas and new technologies to keep the activities relevant and exciting. 
California station loses ground. For the second time in two years, copper thieves have kicked the butt broadcasting company's KKXXAM transmitter site in California. According to the Oroville Mercury Register, this time the thieves made off with about 22,000 feet of number 10 copper wire from the ground system, which was apparently bundled into lengths of 10 to 20 feet and then carted away. The station manager said the transmitter was able to remain on air. Thieves left just enough wire for the ground system to allow the station to continue to broadcast. After the first wire theft in 2008, copper grounding wires were replaced and a concrete footing was poured about every 10 to 15 feet along the length of the wire in hopes of discouraging future thefts. This time, the thieves cut and removed the wires between the concrete. According to a scrap copper website, with the world's economy still not being very stable, that kind of wire is only fetching about a dollar to three dollars a pound. So the thieves went to a lot of work and risked their lives to get very little in return. Lights go out as GE closes its last incandescent US lamp factory. The General Electric Company is closing its last incandescent light bulb factory in the United States. This to comply with the US Energy Independence and Security Act of 2007. According to news reports, the resulting savings in energy and green greenhouse gas emissions are expected to be immense. But the move has also had some unintended consequences. Rather than setting off a long-predicted surge in the domestic manufacturer of replacement lights such as compact fluorescents, many are already being manufactured overseas. Most come from China and are assembled at a low cost that domestic manufacturers both here and in the US cannot match. British Petroleum has pulled an advertisement in the USA for subsidiary Arco that uses what sounded like the emergency activation or EAS tone. This after members of the Society of Broadcast Engineers EAS Committee and participants in SBE's EAS Exchange identified a radio commercial as the source of unexpected triggering of EAS alert receivers. The commercial started with effects that sounded like a shortened EAS header tone, followed by the spoken phrase, the following alert is from Arco. The EAS-like headers were partial, but contained enough information to mimic the start of a real EAS header, because it used the proper frequencies and data rate. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. And from your friends here in the United States at the Amateur Radio Newsline, we say a hearty congratulations to the Wireless Institute of Australia on its 100th anniversary. Weird and wonderful, some fireflies do glow to mate. For decades, scientists have speculated about why some fireflies exhibit synchronous flashing, in which large groups produce rhythmic repeated flashes in unison, at times enough to light up an entire forest at once. Now, the first experiments on the function of this phenomenon suggest that synchronous flashing preserves female fireflies' recognition of suitable mates. To reach this conclusion, researchers collected females of the synchronous species from the Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee. In the laboratory, they exposed the females to groups of light-emitting diodes meant to mimic male fireflies. Each individual LED produced the species-specific pattern of flashes for that type of fly, but the experimenters varied the degree to which the flashes were in sync with one another. Their conclusion is that fireflies, which are actually a type of beetle, produce bioluminescence as a mating tool, one in which males display a species-specific pattern of flashes while cruising through the air looking for females. These patterns consist of one or more flashes followed by a characteristic pause, during which female fireflies, perched on leaves or branches, will produce a single response flash if they spot a suitable mate. Of the roughly 2,000 species of fireflies around the world, scientists estimate that only about 1% synchronise their flashes over large areas. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1WIA.
I'm Felix VK4FUQ. Operational News. Special Events and On-Air Contest Column, Dateline 2010. This weekend, October 2 and 3, the WIA Oceania DX Contest Phone. Followed next weekend, October 9 and 10, the WIA Oceania DX Contest CW. October 23, the WIA National Field Day. November 20 and 21, WIA Spring VHF UHF Field Day. Peter Harding, VK4OD, the RD Contest Manager, advises that on the WIA website in the RD Contest page, he has placed the provisional scores from this year's contest. These will remain there unless they require any changes before being published in the December-January AR magazine. If you have any queries with the scores, please contact Peter at vk4od at wia.org.au before the end of October. NZART Straight Key Night. Polish and lubricate that old Morse key and enjoy an evening of old-time radio fun. This is an activity night in which everyone can be a winner with a certificate to prove it. Don't miss it on Sunday the 7th of November 2010. 2000 hours to 2300 hours and ZDT. Special event stations, repeater, beacon, DX, and net advice. Saturday the 25th of September 2010 brought the 1111th edition of the Stone the Crows net. The net was run by Ted VK2UI and had 11 operators on the net which went from 0600 to 0700. Countdown to the Spratleys. With 100 days to go before DX0DX hits the ham radio bands, there is mounting interest in making contact with this special DX entity, the Spratleys, over three weeks, 6 to the 24th of January 2011. D-Expedition team leader Chris VK3FY, DU8-VK3FY, said that with equipment starting to arrive in the Philippines, including the Titanic's V160E vertical, the excitement is mounting. Currently, 31 operators are confirmed, while a number of positions are still available should any DX operator wish to join the team. The authority given to the D-Expedition permits a maximum of 30 operators on the island at the same time. With the D-Expedition assigned to three separate groups for different durations, the total number can exceed 30. The D-Expedition medical doctors are making a humanitarian contribution to the island. This is acknowledging a certificate of prior approval and consent from the municipality of Kalayan. The Mayor, Eugenio B. Bito Onon, Jr., who is very welcoming of the de-expedition and states on the certificate. The municipality of Kalayan is also in favour of the humanitarian medical mission to provide medical checkup of all the island's inhabitants. Peach survey for the Spratlys de-expedition. The destination of Thodo Island for DX0DX for the three weeks 6 to the 24th of January 2011 has changed shape in recent years under the ravages of sea erosion. The station layout coordinator David Collingwood, K3LP, is awaiting the results of a new photographic high-tide survey of the latest beach conditions, where the various operating camps are to be relocated. The DX0DX.net website online survey has 160 metres as the most desired band for this top 40 wanted DX entity. A Titanic's V160E vertical with a minimum of 32 radials will be erected for that band right on the beach. The 80 metre band is also highly sought after, and two independent four-square antenna arrays will be used. The survey also has CW remaining in the highest demand, with SSB and Rutia steady, second and third place respectively. PSK31 has 7% of the votes, which although low, will still yield thousands of contacts. The recently announced addition of Moonbounce to DX0DX also has the EME exponents thinking about the possibilities. ARRL Awards Committee's statement on dissolution of the Netherlands Antilles. To clarify the administrative process by which the anticipated changes to the two existing Netherlands Antilles DXCC entities will be made, 
The ARRL Awards Committee has determined that at 04 hour Zulu, 12am local time in the islands, on the 10th of October 2010, the two Netherlands Antilles DXCC entities will be deleted. Commencing at 04 hour Zulu, 12am local time on the 10th of October 2010, operation from the islands of Kirkeo, Bonaire, St Martin, Sabah and St Nestorius will count for a yet-to-be-determined number of new entities under the DXCC list criteria and political entities. Rule 1 and or Rule 2 Geographic Separation Entities When the Awards Committee determines what Rule 1 or Rule 2 actions apply, it will announce the final disposition of the entities on the DXCC list. The DXCC desk will not accept confirmations for these new entities until after the 1st of January 2011. Finally, from me this week, a look at wireless weather. New European system gives warning of solar storms. Researchers at the University of Bradford located in the United Kingdom say that a new method of predicting solar storms that could help to avoid widespread power and communications blackouts has been launched. Amateur Radio Newsline's Norm Seeley, KI7UP, says that up to now, solar weather prediction has been done manually with experts looking at the two-dimensional satellite images of the Sun and assessing the likelihood of future activity. But a team from the University Centre for Visual Computing has created the first online automated prediction system using 3D images generated from the Solar and Heliospheric Observatory, or SOHO, satellite. Already in use by both NASA and the European Space Agency, the Bradford Automated Solar Activity Prediction System, also known by the acronym ASAP, identifies and classifies sunspots and then feeds this information through a model which can predict the likelihood of solar flares. Although major solar eruptions and coronal mass ejections normally take several days to reach the Earth, the largest recorded in 1859 took only 18 hours. Solar flares, which can also cause significant disruption to communication systems, take just a few minutes. Because of this, advance warning is of vital importance to enable steps to be taken to avoid the worst effects of such solar activity. Data recovered from the system is online at the European Space Weather website. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. WIA News Hub in Brisbane and WIA News Studios across Australia. This is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. This is Cole, VK4CC, with broadcast monitoring SWL and Scanner News. Australian Geographical Radio Frequency Map. The Australian Geographical Radio Frequency Map is a site that overlays all registered RF transmitters on top of Google Maps. It is still under development, but works as a proof of concept. Currently, generic antenna sites are shown with the red RF icon, while mobile base stations are represented by the carrier that operates from the site. Often multiple carriers do, but currently the first is chosen when determining the icon. A mouse over will give you the site's description, and a click will tell you who broadcasts from there and at what frequencies. Much more is to come. Although people by and large won't be terribly interested in the positions of every antenna in the country, they might be interested in checking how close they are to their nearest mobile base station, how good a carrier's coverage is in a particular area, and for prospective spectrum purchases to assess possible interference, etc. However, having said all that, it is primarily in the ham spirit. Here is every transmitter site caged in the database which is fully searchable from the web interface by location, site name, client details, frequency range, emission designator and call sign. This is Cole, VK4CC, from Brisbane's Southside Amateur Radio Society.
This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. A look at Amateur Radio Magazine for October. There's plenty of interesting reading, including a wonderful coverage of this year's record-breaking International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. Turning to page 10 now, a good discussion article by Ted Thrift, VK2ARA, on how to prepare for a written theory assessment, plus tips on how to answer questions. This is ideal for both the foundation licensees wishing to upgrade and class instructors. The cover story, our inaugural National Day of Amateur Radio Promotion, which is written by Jim Linton, VK3PC, who sets the scene for the Tune in the World. Amateur Radio Gets People Talking, Public Relations Field Day event. Bob Bristow, VK6POP, has a timely article about the jamboree on the air. We have the Alara 35th birthday, plus the regular columns on DX, shortwave listening, VHF, UHF and microwave, including a new distance record achievement. Amateur Radio Magazine, a WIA membership service, with copies also available at selected newsagents. I'm Barry Robinson, VK3PV, and you're listening to VK1WIA. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ATV. Helmet cam footage shows what it's like to do a repair work on a broadcast tower. How hard is it to change a light bulb? Well, helmet cam footage shows what it's like to replace a light bulb on a broadcast tower. Now this is tough to watch, and if you've got a tendency for motion sickness, well, be warned. Climbing a 1,700 foot tower just to change a light bulb. So, if you want to see what this is, go to the URL in the text edition of this news service on the WIA website. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Naval. Special event call sign GB50RN, a reminder. The Royal Naval Amateur Radio Society continues to celebrate its 50th anniversary this year. The special event call sign GB50RN is operational now until 9th of October 2010. CWNSSB on the HF bands and WARC bands from 80 metres through to 10 metres. GB50RNARS continues to be aired by members of the Society from various locations in the UK. A special anniversary award is available to listeners and licensed amateurs who hear or contact RNARS members and the special event station during 2010. For full details, they can be found on the Society website www.rnars.org.uk. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Radio Scouting, a special JOTA cluster. One of the issues when supporting scouting group activities such as JOTA is finding another JOTA station on the amateur radio bands, even though the frequencies are available on the Scout web pages and, of course, here on the WIA news page. But now you can also triple check the cluster at pi4raz.nl on port 7300. And the cluster will be available for scouting purposes all year round. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Wyson, New South Wales, reminds us that the Bushwalkers Rescue Service is running a four-day comprehensive remote area first aid course over the weekends of the 9th and 10th and the 23rd and 24th of October. It is VTAB accredited, so it can be used in the workplace as well as Wyson and rescue situations. And in the USA, the Burlingame Neighbourhood Network has invited those interested in emergency preparedness in the USA 
to hear from some of the very first emergency responders to the San Bruno pipeline explosion at the next quarterly meeting. The meeting will highlight the role that amateur radio operators play during such disasters. Three local amateur radio experts who responded to the crisis from within an hour will explain the role that they played in the San Bruno incident. Dan Bennett of the San Mateo County Sheriff's Office and Gary Valebaum, who leads the Sheriff's Communications Unit, will give an overview of what amateur radio is and how it fits into CERT, Red Cross and local government during a disaster. And Ross Peterson, Assistant Leader of the Sheriff's Communications Unit, will explain how you can become certified as an amateur radio operator at a one-day course. And finally, a quick look at the Rewind Vault before I go. The SARC webpage past committees. SARC have posted on the SARC committee webpage a PDF file of past committees from 1933 onwards, but there are some gaps. So have a look at it. If you can fill in any spaces, then please email the information to John, VK2JWA. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Well, there we be, another edition of the WIA National News Service. Don't forget, if you see something that interests you as a ham radio operator, it probably will interest others. Write it out as you'd expect to hear it. Don't send us a few words and saying, oh, I'll put this into some writing so, uh, you know, you know what to do, Graham. Take the time, write it out as you'd expect to hear it. Get it to us, nationalnews at wia.org.au. Better still, also upload some audio, just in an MP3 or if it's short enough, a wave. All we're looking for is uh, oh, around about a minute, 90 seconds would be uh, pretty much tops. We'll do our best to get it on the very next available edition of WIA National News. Till next we meet, I'm Graham VK for Baker Baker. Walk softly. In the nation's capital with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.